Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. ago, if you'll remember the Sunday that I did the Frisbees and the pie plates, and I talked about how I had researched things that had been invented and how maybe they wasn't being used and, you know, how they were intended to when they were uh, first discovered. And one of them I kind of tucked away because I really liked, and I thought, I'm going to use that. So over 40 years ago, um, there was a scientist named Dr. Spencer Silver who was working on creating something new, okay, that his, his company had him working on. And he couldn't quite get it right. Like he, he invented something, but it wasn't what he intended. So he had to kind of shelf it and, and keep working on achieving his goal. And what he wanted, he was trying to create a stronger, bigger, tougher adhesive. And he just couldn't quite get there. Now, meanwhile, there was another scientist that worked along with him who was having kind of a different problem. His name was Art Fry. And his problem was on Wednesday nights, he would go to church and he would practice with his um, church choir. And man, I thought of James on this. And they would practice their song, and he would put, you know, his piece of paper in, and he'd mark that song. We're going to sing that on Sunday. How many of you musicians have done this? You just stick a piece of paper in there, right? And so he would mark his songs, but the problem that he was having was that usually by Sunday, those pieces of paper were coming out, right? Anybody ever done that? Mark your book and lose your place. And I'm looking at Pat because I know she reads a lot. And so he was getting frustrated with this. He thought there's just got to be a better bookmark for this. And then one day he had that eureka moment. And he remembered sitting in a seminar for his friend, Dr. Silver, and talking about Dr. Silver's microspheres that he had created. And so he got together with Dr. Silver and he said, hey, I think we need to collab on this and I think that we could come up with something really good. So they began to work together to develop a new product and lo and behold, post-it notes. Yeah. How many of you knew that story? That it it was sort of an accident that came along? Because this is not going to fall out of his book anymore, right? Yeah, I know, Raleigh. See, she's excited. Post-it notes. Get her post-it notes for Christmas, right? So post-it notes were born, and it was a product that they said kind of sold itself because what they did was in the beginning, sorry, the the mom and me can't stand the paper on the floor. Um, What they did in the beginning, they just sort of made some samples and handed out in their office, And so then whoever got those few samples, well, they're doing their work with their documents and they'd stick a post-it on there and send it on. Well, then the next person would be like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. I need some of that. Where did you get that, you know? And so it really became a word of mouth that increased this. And so even when they did their first little campaign, they sort of picked an area in the U.S. and just sort of went and handed out and splurged these things out. And again, people just was like so amazed, like, where did you get this product? I need that product. 
So it, it was kind of fun uh, to, to read all of that because how many of you, who loves post-it notes in here? You give me post-it notes and a flare pen and I am the happiest person all day long. I mean, I always, I have post-it notes and, and they come in fun little shapes and, you know, whoops. Um, oh, I'm a flagger. Yes, I, I, all the, this is my personal stuff, by the way. I didn't buy it for today. So I just had to dig. Oh, I love the little bitty ones too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and they're so awesome that, you know, we've begun printing things on them now and handing them out, right? We love post-it notes. Now, um, and in fact, let me just show you. I love, this is my brother's funeral service. Um, I have all the flags. And, and on some Sundays, Thomas, I have what's called a sticky note sermon. Like, I have problems. I can't really, I can't get it in the outline like I want here. And I wind up just sticking sticky notes in my Bible. And that's what I'll preach from. So this morning, I got really excited because I was like, this is my first real sticky note sermon. Like, it's about sticky notes, you know. So I got excited. How many of you use this to put your grocery list on? Yeah. How many of you lose it when you get to Walmart? Yeah. Because we, we don't stick it then and we, we lose it in our purse or wherever. Well, they, they, they decided to solve that problem for us too. So if, if you have a problem losing your grocery list, right there it is. Can you imagine walking in Walmart with that? I love that. I love that. I've had that in my office. I don't even know how long because I was like, I don't know when, but I'm going to use this in a sermon. I just know I will. Um, but one thing that Silver said, and I want to get this right, he said it's a product. See, I could not be a teacher because I don't have that. I should have had Kathy come up here and write this. What is it? It's a product nobody thought they needed. They didn't think anything. I mean, who would have thought that they needed this? And how did he word that? Until they did. Have y'all ever had that moment like you didn't know you needed something until... You just found it. Oops. I need a wipey board, not a sticky note. So it's a product that nobody thought they needed until they did. And now everybody uses sticky notes. And there's knockoffs everywhere. Knockoffs do not work. I don't know about you guys, but I stick to the actual post-it notes because the knockoffs just don't work. You know, God kind of amazes me because sometimes I will have a sermon already in the head and then um, things like this start popping up. And I'm like, oh, that, that kind of goes with that. That goes with that. And then something will happen in the week that just sort of coincides. And I'm like, God, you're so good. Like, you, you already knew, right? Well, this week, Texas had a new law go into effect. And I know you've probably seen it on news and social media about the abortion. Now, remember, I'm pro-life, 
Keep that in mind as I, as I preach. And, and this is not going to be a sermon on this law, but I just want to use this, this thought because I'm pro-life. I'm so glad my mom chose not to get the abortion, even though the doctor suggested it and had good reason, had good reason for it. But what I observed this week was the back and forth rocks of everybody throwing at each other who was either pro-life or pro-choice and, you know, just the ugliness that starts to come out about things. And I began to think of all the laws that we have in this country. But does it really solve the problem? In other words, who speeds in here? Yeah, you better tell the truth. You're sitting in church. The rest of y'all lied. Did you know there's a law against that? You know, there is. There really is. Thomas is shocked back there. And 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 we even have one in the family that'll pull you over, right? Uh, I'm, maybe he will. I don't know. He might. Yeah, he, he got my family member. I love you, Casey, if you watch this. <laughs> Oh, that, that's a story we love. Okay. But here's the problem. Sometimes, Christians, we are falling into this trap that we get so stuck on trying to fix things with passing new laws. Now, I'm not against laws. Hear me out before y'all. I'm getting some nasty looks. Y'all stop it. You know I love you. I'm all about law and order. I'm all about there needs to be laws. Okay, I understand that, I understand that. But as a Christian, my hope is not in those laws. Change doesn't come from those laws. Do you understand? And, and I know with this Texas law, I know we're, we're protecting life. And, and you know, I, there's been a few things I've had to bite my tongue on sharing with people online because that's my story. I'm so glad that my mom, even though she had a medical reason to abort me, she did not. And, and we have to protect life. I've got that. But that mama's a person. That mama's a person. And for whatever reason, set aside, I know everybody's like, well, they just make a choice because it's easier. Some people feel like they don't have a choice. Let's remember they're a person. They need loved. Laws don't fix it. And I began looking in the New Testament, and it, when you read, we're going to do a lot of scriptures today, so man, get your phone ready to jump wherever or open your Bible. But in the New Testament, it's flooded with the problem that they were having balancing law and grace. Because remember, before Jesus, it was all about following the law, right? But after Jesus, we don't live by the law, we live under grace. Open your Bibles, Romans Chapter 3, sticky notes for the win. Romans 3, verse 20. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. So the problem was they're trying to balance this thing between law and grace. You had the Jews who, who wholeheartedly believed in the law, but then you had these Gentiles that they didn't ever live under all that. They just know Jesus. 
You know, sometimes there's these struggles right now with people that grew up in the church and how they feel, you know, hurt by the church. I didn't grow up in the church. I don't know what that feels like, right? So they had the laws, though, and the law, uh, let's just start with the, the basic ten, Right? We got the Ten Commandments, no other God besides him, no idols because he's a jealous God, do not misuse the Lord's name, keep the Sabbath holy, honor mom and dad, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not testify falsely or lie, and do not covet what your neighbor has. Just ten little laws. Yet no one in here can claim they've kept all ten of those laws. Right? And here's the thing, in the New Testament, as much, has so much to say about this, but the problem was, that's just the basic law, by the way. Did you know there was 613 Jewish laws we can pull out of the Old Testament? 613! But the New Testament has so much to say about that constant struggle that the Jew and the Gentiles had, because the Jews were having trouble Learning to live under grace. Turn to Galatians chapter 2. I told you, see, I should have gave y'all sticky notes before church and told you where to turn to. But I want you to see how relevant this is throughout God's word. I'm not just picking a single scripture to pick on things today, right? So chapter 2, verse 16 Verse 15, you and I are Jews. This is Paul talking to Peter. See, and Peter had this, this problem. He showed up there in Galatia, and, and at first he was eating with the Gentiles because, hey, we're not under law anymore. I don't have to worry about all that clean eating stuff anymore, right? So I can go have supper over here with Diane, and we're all good. We can have bacon. Yeah, I love bacon. I'm on a bacon kick. I don't know what it is, but I, and every time I eat it, I say, I thank God I'm not a Jew because I love bacon, right? But then the problem happened that when his friends showed up who were Jew, he, ooh, he went back over here. I gotta follow the law. And so Paul was calling him out. He said, you and I, we're, we're both Jews here. Not sinners like them Gentiles, right? We don't eat that bacon stuff, right? Verse 16, yet we know that a person is made right with God by what? Faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. And we believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we've obeyed the law, for no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. So Paul was calling him out. He's like, dude, quit flip-flopping on this. Like, we have been set free, right? But here's the deal. The law still has a purpose, it still has its purposes. In fact, Jesus, he even said, I didn't come to eradicate the law, right? He came to fulfill the law. And with all these commandments, Jesus was even asked over in, in, chapter, in chapter 22 of Matthew by the Pharisees who were really trying to set him up. But they said, hey, what's the most important law that we have to follow? So 613 laws, Jesus. What's the most important one? You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. 
And then he said, a second is equally important, though. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commands. Our t-shirt, love God, love people. But church, my question today is, how are we really doing on loving people these days? How are we really doing? We cannot lead people to Jesus if we're too busy screaming while we're right and they're wrong. I got one. (laughs) You will never debate people to heaven, ever. In fact, you're going to push them further and further away. And we have to be careful. Sometimes we don't mean it. It's not that we are intentionally. I mean, sometimes sometimes we understand that this is God's word, though. But you screaming at somebody is not going to tell them God's word in love to where they want to know that God. They're simply going to say, well, if that's your God, I don't need any part of it. We have to love People. Our job is to love the people. The Spirit has the job of convicting them. So when I'm up here laying out scriptures, all I can do is lay it out for you. I don't call y'all during the week and go, well, Kathy, have that hit. Yeah, did that step on your toe? I don't do that. <laughs> I don't. Now, some of you think I do when I post something. See, me and Pat, we're coming to a truce today on... Reading the plan, right? Because I stunk at it this week. (laughs) I made it to Monday, and that's as far as I got. But when I lay out the truth, then I have to just let it go. And I say, okay, God, I, I, I put out there what I think you wanted me to put out there. Now it's up to you to do the rest. See, here's the truth about sin. We have a problem. We have begun to focus on certain sins as the big ones. We really have. There's at least two in the U.S. I can think of, maybe three, that have become the big ones that are hot topics that don't post about that on Facebook. You don't want to do that. Like, mm -mm. (laughs) Because it will set somebody off, right? And we've decided those are the real problems. But then I turn over to 1 John Again, I wanted you to see that this is, this is throughout. This is God's word throughout. 1 John chapter 3, verse 4. Everyone who sins is breaking God's law, for all sin is contrary to the law of God. All sin. We can't just pick and choose which ones seem to hurt the most. All sin is contrary to the law of God. You remember that time Jesus said that little thing? He's like, you know, you've heard about murder. We don't commit murder because you're going to get judged for that. And then he said, if you're even angry with someone, you're going to be judged. Because again, we can sum it all up in two things. Love God, love people. But here's the distraction that our enemy wants to do. If we focus on those sins... Man, I feel a whole lot better about myself, don't y'all? When I'm not part of that problem, I'm doing good. I mean, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm walking it, Lord. 
But then 1 John back in chapter 1 says, if we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves, not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from the wickedness. So if we ever sit back thinking, man, I'm doing good, you already got a problem. It's called pride. <laughs> and that's one of those things too. We have to be careful what we begin to focus all this attention on. We live under grace, yes. But the law still has value for us. Otherwise, it wouldn't be in the book, right? It wouldn't have been there when, when God was inspiring them what to put together, right? He'd say, oh, we're done with that Torah stuff. Just kick it out. No, it still has value because it shows us, it gives us a view of what's wrong, right? It's the mirror we can look at to see how are we doing, Lord? Have you ever asked God, God, how, how are we doing? How are, you, how are you and I doing? Search my heart, God. Know everything about me. And see, when we, when we begin reading, I don't know about you, but sometimes there's a verse or there's a chapter that'll hit me square in the chest and knock the breath out of like, whoo, I need to deal with that. I, I really, I need to deal with this. So we see a good view of what it can look like when sin enters back in Galatians again. Chapter 5. Oh, we love chapter 5 because, um, you know, we love the, the fruit of the Spirit. Emily, did you ever learn the fruit of the Spirit? I should have had you sing it for us today. Your brother's the only person that has ever sang a memory verse in quizzing, and it so rocked that quiz master's world when, when he did it. Except he had to add that last part. There is no law against these things because that's not in the song, right? <laughs> But back up to, to chapter 5, verse 19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division. <sighs> Let me take a breath. Envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then we can go on, and it, and it tells us when we're living in the Spirit, we'll have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You have to be a teen to know what that all is. Again, we tend, though, in all of that list, we will hyper-focus on one of those. I bet you even put names to some of them as I read through it. And we begin to hyper-focus on the worst out of that list. But when we do that, we begin to ignore that there was probably about three others attached to yourself that you could claim, even just this week, right? 
Don't start picking and choosing and judging. You may not do that sin, but that person needs grace just like you do. That person needs grace just like you do. I worry in our current times of some of the views that are beginning to shape the minds of our people, especially with social media. Um, Thomas and I was talking yesterday when we went to Washburns, and, and I said, I know, some people think, oh, BJ, you're just on too much social media stuff. That's because I have kids. Yes, they're young adults now, but they were growing up in this. And I always wanted to stay relevant in what they were into. And then I, you know, we talk teens, so you stay relevant in what they're doing. And adults, you're in social media as well. And, and it's starting to shape our minds, even in the church. And it worries me some of the things that I see. And I know sometimes I tell y'all things and you're just like, wow, I've, I've never heard of that, you know, kind of deal. Yeah, but our teens have, our kids have. These are the things they're seeing out there that begin to shape their little questioning minds. And I don't have a problem with anyone questioning faith and their beliefs Church, I think that's healthy. I think it keeps us accountable when we begin to question some things. But what I'm seeing, what worries me is, you know, that it's shaping our minds about what sin is. Now, first of all, we don't even use that word anymore. Sin doesn't, you know, that implies way too much judgment if I say sin. You know, I'm, I'm judging you if I call it sin, right? So that's one of the first problems. But we're beginning to decide big sin versus little sin. And yet we read a while ago, all sin is contrary to the word of God. So I'll just use like my, my own personal testimony of things. That um, just out of that list that I just read that when I was a teenager, I had sex before I got married. Today, that's not really frowned upon quite like it is. You know, even when I was in school, if a, if a girl got pregnant, she just sort of disappeared. Like, she didn't, you know, I mean, like, it, it felt strange to have someone pregnant in the school, right? And, and now, it doesn't really matter, right? I mean, like, we've... we've hit that kind of error. And so for me, you know, I, I had to live with that. And I've, I've heard so many voices that would tell me now, that's really not a problem. Like, you wasn't even married yet. Like, you're, you're just, you're human. That's what kids do, right? Another thing, another thing I picked out of that list was the drunkenness. Some of my favorite memories I had in college involved an ice chest, a Bud Light, and a bonfire at the strip pits in Russellville with my friends. And no, there was no Jenkins involved in any of that, just so y'all know. Okay. <laughs> um, and somebody would tell me now that, what's wrong with that? Like, you didn't hurt nobody, 
right? I didn't, I didn't get caught. <laughs> See, there again, speeding, there's a law for that, right? But I didn't get caught at it, right? Underage drinking, there's a law for that. I didn't get caught. I, you know, I, I didn't get pregnant. I didn't get any diseases. I didn't hurt nobody. So why is it still a problem? But there's the lie that the world is telling us. You see, the lie becomes that the world is telling me, okay, I'm going to make this easy and just use three-letter word, this is not a sin inside of marriage and how God intends, just so we know. But sexual immorality, the world tells me, not a problem. The drunkenness, you're not hurting nobody, not a problem, okay? And so that's what the world is telling our young people right now. I'm just worried about the increase that I see. And when I say church, I'm I'm meaning big C church. That I'm seeing the increase of the, it's okay, right? And I do understand, we, we have different denominations that focus on different things. Nazarenes, we don't push the drinking, right? Because we know what it harms in our lives, But that's the problem, you see, because what the world is telling me is that these things, I'm not harming anybody. And so let's just imagine if this tissue was me, okay, and these are the things I'm I'm just partaking in off of that list, and again, this is my testimony, well, you can just stop it anytime you want. It doesn't hurt anything, right? That tissue is still still intact. It doesn't hurt. But that's a lie. And I'm here to tell you it's a lie. Because sin really is more like this duct tape. Because even though it can appear that nothing bad happened, right? So what? BJ had sex with... Her boyfriend, everybody does it, right? I mean, all my friends were doing it, and they were Christians, so that was my example, by the way. I wasn't in church in high school, remember that. Didn't get pregnant, didn't have disease. Isn't that what we preach at them about? Be safe, be safe, be safe. But nobody warns you about the emotional side of that. Nobody warns you about, you see the problem I'm having here? (laughs) It leaves scars. Nobody warns you that you have an enemy that's going to whisper in your ear, you're no good anymore. You're used. Can't fix that. Can't get it back. Nobody warns you when, when you're drinking that... One reason drinking is bad for you is because you're not in your right mind when you're doing it. You lose the self-control to make right choices. And I made some pretty stupid choices under the influence. But thank God I had some good friends around me that didn't let stupid things happen to me. God did watch over me. 
But nobody warned you of that, you see? Because the world is telling me sin is like this. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt. But I can tell you my testimony. And I can tell you that when I met that man, I didn't feel worthy to date him. <laughs> and those are things that get hidden and tucked away. And, and those are my testimonies. But there was so much more in that list. And that's just the one list, by the way. I didn't go through the whole Bible digging out everything we call sin. The world doesn't tell us how being angry, having an outburst of anger, how it rips apart our relationships. How when we're jealous and envious of people, how it begins to tear up our relationships. They don't, they don't tell us all of those things. You know, maybe reading through some of this today, maybe something stuck out in your head. Or, or maybe you need to look at that list again because maybe you just stopped on sexual immorality and you thought of everything going on in our world right now and, and that's all you heard. But then there was these other things of hostility and quarreling and jealousy, outbursts of anger, division. Did any of that resonate with anybody today? Well, BJ, what do we do about that? How, how do you really get cleansed? You get cleansed with the blood of Jesus Christ. Because see, when Jesus gets involved, when Jesus gets involved, that scripture we read earlier said, our sins are forgiven and cleansed. And that means he can heal the scars. He can heal all of the hurt that other people don't see. We can be whole again. We can be whole. And one of the last things that truly healed me, I gotta cap this stuff. I'm gonna, it's strong stuff. I'll tell y'all what it is later. Oh, oh, oh. By the way, sin is still sticky too. You can fall back into it. One of the, the final healing points for me as I began to walk with Christ was understanding that he took away the sin. And those scars now, they don't hurt. But they tell a story that I share with other people. And so maybe something in that list resonated with you today. And maybe you need to ask for forgiveness. Maybe you need to ask, God, I need you to cleanse me. I thought I was. I thought I was, Lord. Bo, give me, give me 1 John 1, 9 again. The one who is the... No, 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 no. That is not what I was... 1 John chapter 1. I may have wrote it wrong on the sticky note. He got a sticky note. Hold on. It's one of the ones we used while ago. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. Yeah? There it is. 
If we confess our sins to him, hello, that means you have to acknowledge to God that you recognize what he's convicting you of. If you confess your sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us. Did you see that sin come off? Didn't rip it? Only Jesus does that. I don't care how many hours you put in here at the church. Hey, I'll take your volunteer time anytime, but it ain't going to cleanse you. It ain't going to get you into heaven. I don't care if you've read the Bible plan perfectly, unlike me and Pat. (laughs) That doesn't even get you into heaven. Believing in Jesus Christ, confessing your sins, it's the only thing that saves us. The absolutely only thing that saves us. These are the coolest things. How many of you teachers use this? I bet today, when you came in here, you wasn't even thinking about this. But Jesus is the Savior. Nobody knew they needed it. Right? Because life is good. I don't do those sins. Even you came in here today just for a good word. You wanted to feel good and sing a good song. Jesus is not the Savior that you thought you needed until you did. Until you did. And you know what? That doesn't, that doesn't stop when we do become Christians. That's like me cleaning my house and thinking, never again do I have to touch this house. Oh, mamas, how wrong am I? Oh, dear Lord, I replaced a washing machine and a dryer this week. You do not want to look under those things. You do not want to look behind them. Even in them, Thomas was finding things in the, <laughs> the dryer vent. Scariest thing I ever saw. And the problem was, I even thought I'd been doing good. You know, I stick that yardstick under there every now and then, and, and I'm really good about pulling my lint out, so where did all this stuff come from, right? And I even made him take the whole stinking dryer apart because I was like, I saw this on TikTok, and I think we need to do it. I was like, we need to clean it out totally because we're going to, you know, bring it up to the church and to the parsonage. So I said, I don't want to bring a fire hazard, you know. And he took it off, and it really wasn't that bad. And I was like, well, that's kind of a letdown, actually. I've been seeing these TikToks of how bad everybody's dryers are. But then he went out there and stuck his little blower into it, and he said, oh, my. He was like, you wouldn't believe what come out of that thing, you know. There it is, and I missed it for TikTok. Sometimes we think we're doing good until we start looking at God's law. And it reminds us why we need a Savior. It reminds us even today. I read through this list and thought, oh Lord, I failed at that one and that one this week, didn't I? 
God, I'm sorry for that outburst of anger. Oops. And I had to, I had to repent of that. <laughs> and here's the good news. God's grace is for everyone. You know, Wednesday night, book people, y'all remember when I made that comment, I needed more heathens in our church, right? Well, obviously I've got them because we got OU, we got Alabama, we got Aggies. I got all the heathens in here now, right? But the good news is, Jesus loves every one of us. And guess what? This is a representation of heaven someday because players from all the teams are going to be there. People we even think of as our enemies right now can still find the grace of Jesus. And we'll see them there. So don't hyper-focus too hard on one issue. That we forget the bitterness that it begins to build in us. Today, the only way to cleanse and maybe you feel like you need that cleanse today. Maybe, maybe you're tired. Maybe, maybe you are just so overwhelmed. But maybe who need to come and let all the toxicity out so that the Spirit has room to move. Sometimes we get so set in stone. But, but church, love God with all your heart. And when we do that, we can't help but love people. How are we doing at that? Jesus is the, the Savior you didn't even know you needed today until you did. Stand with me. Lord, I want us to focus on self right now. This is not an exhausted list of what your law shows us in the mirror. But I know that it can really hit home today. And I feel like we just need to tell you how sorry we are, Lord. That we've let you down. That maybe we've, we've hyper-focused so hard on something, we lost our love for people. That, Lord, somehow we, we got messed up in our head that we have to fight the fight for you. But Lord, your word tells us the battle belongs to you. God, may we always be open to sharing truth when you ask us to, but it has to be done in love. And if we have been guilty of anything but that of late, forgive us. Because God, even those little sins that we think nobody sees, even those little sins that we don't think hurt anybody else, why do I need to confess it? The reality is, it's hurting our relationship with other people. With our own families, our friends, our coworkers, and people we don't even know on the internet but we don't mind giving them our opinion. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us. We have put too many things above you, Lord. 
I'm happy to live in this free country, but God, you are above that. Because you told me I'm no longer a citizen of this world. I'm a citizen of heaven. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us. As the church, we are called to love people. Remind us this week of that. In those moments, Lord, where we we want to just lash out and, and tell why we're right and they're wrong, remind us, Lord, you got this. Your spirit is working even when we don't see it. And maybe that person, what they really need is not another lecture on what the Bible says. They need a visual of who you are. May we love them. May we love them. May we love them. Father, thank you for being here today. Thank you for your spirit who does convict us, Lord. But he opens that door of forgiveness for us. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for Jesus dying on the cross for these sins. That we can be made right and we can be cleansed and made whole. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, I love you guys. Have a great rest of the Labor Day weekend. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.